Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and Living Local, sponsored by People's Bank. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and I'd like to introduce your host of Business Talk. He's editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here is George O'Brien. Okay, welcome everyone to another episode of Business Talk. Uh, We have a terrific show for you. We're going to get to it in just a second. But first, we need to hear this important message from our sponsor, People's Bank. Thank you for listening to the Business Talk podcast, sponsored by People's Bank, bringing you the best in business experts, entrepreneurs, and evangelists. Make Business Talk your innovation break for ideas and inspiration. People's Bank, where commercial banking can fuel your growth and make work life easier. Member FDIC, DIF equal housing lender. Bank at peoples.com slash business. Okay, we are back. As promised, we have a great show for you today. We have with us Mark Paglia. He is the Chief Operating Officer at Mira Vista Behavioral Health Center. Mark, how are you this morning? I'm good. Good morning, everyone. I forgot to mention the most important uh, thing about Mark is that he was recently honored by Business West as one of our healthcare heroes for 2022. Congratulations again. Thank you very much. It was a tremendous evening. Yes. Yeah. Thanks to you and all of our honorees. Uh, You are our honoree in the administration category. And uh, very worthy recipient. Uh, we had a, a great event back in, in late October, and uh, uh, all of our honorees uh, gave very heartfelt remarks, uh, yours especially. Um, we really appreciate that. So we have a lot to talk about today. We want to start uh, just by talking about Mira Vista itself. This is, I guess we can call it a, a brand new behavioral health facility. Uh, those don't uh, come up uh, out of thin air. It takes a lot of hard work, and in your case, a lot of hard work in a very short time uh, to launch this facility. And then we want to quickly segue into the work that's being done there. Talk a little bit about the the pandemic and and how it's put a new focus on behavioral health issues. Maybe talk about uh, the ongoing opioid crisis, which has kind of taken a backseat to COVID and many other things, and, and just what we can look at moving forward. But Let's start with, with you and Maravista. This is a facility, for those who don't know, uh, that is now in the old Providence Hospital, uh, which was then named, I believe, uh, Providence Behavioral Health. Uh, talk about uh, how Maravista came to be. So we've had a very short history. Maravista was launched in April of 2021 uh, through an acquisition by GFI Partners and a uh, Health Partners New England, um, uh, that uh, Michael Krupa, our CEO, um, was operating. And in a very short time, you know, we we launched a brand new behavioral health center. Um, We we did identify and really bring on some key leaders within the Providence Hospital System, Mercy System. Um, But we quickly uh, were able to bring on um, some other uh, um, leaders uh, into the organization to create a foundation and launched, uh, you know, both inpatient psychiatric treatment. Uh, and then also we we were able to uh, build a full continuum of substance use disorder treatment, um, both um, starting with a detox and a step down clinical stabilization residential unit, and then a, a, a big um, a large, a large outpatient um, treatment for for substance use disorder. So um, we're about 19 months in, um, and you know we we're at a place now where we can 
we can proudly say that we're providing high quality treatment um, in, a, in a really healthy working environment. Now, the closing of Providence Hospital obviously left a, a, a major gap in the services that were being provided in this region. And uh, Maria Vista kind of came in and closed that gap. Uh, but again, you were starting from scratch. Uh, talk about that process of starting up. I guess it was uh, you <laughs> and <Yeah>. you. <laughs> and you, you, you built a staff and you, you went from there. Uh, talk about that process. Yeah, so I, you know, I'm proud to say I, I was the first employee of Mary Vista Behavioral Health Center, and uh, and from there we were able to really identify some some key folks um, to bring together uh, a vision for you know our tagline care reimagined, and and develop the f- philosophical approach of of really putting patients first and families first and and building building treatment models that really are in line um, with that. And so from there, um, you know, we recognized um, the community need, um, you know, Providence Hospital about a year prior uh, to the acquisition had closed um, the, the inpatient psychiatric services, including, including uh, treatment for adolescents and children and left a big void within the community in Western Mass. And so um, Mira Vista, you know, really prioritized uh, the reopening of psychiatric treatment. Um, and so we, you know, along with um, launching uh, our outpatient uh, substance methadone treatment, which which is a treatment model that, you know, you can't, you can't miss, Miss, miss a dose um, with a large number of patients. Parallel to that, we launched our, our first inpatient adult psychiatric unit um, and very quickly were able to ramp up um, and open two more adult psych units. Um, and then this past uh, December, almost a year ago, we're able to launch an inpatient adolescent psychiatric unit um, to to really help, I, I think, address some of the the local Western Mass community needs, um, and we're we're about halfway through our projected we call ramp uh, to fully uh, to be fully operational, um, and so we still have um, uh, our sights set on launching um, an, a child inpatient psychiatric unit. And right now, from a timetable perspective, we're looking probably in in the spring, summer, um, to to launch launch that unit. Um, this void that that you talked about uh, didn't just occur in a vacuum. It, it it came during a very critical time in in terms of behavioral health services, right, kind of at the peak of the pandemic uh, when. Uh, again, the, the need for behavioral health services was just ballooning because of the impact uh, that the pandemic took on people of all ages, really. Uh, can you just talk about that a little bit and the way that, again, the pandemic, the need was always there. Uh, sometimes people realized it, sometimes it didn't. But I, I think the pandemic really put the important work that you do in the spotlight and, and just showed people that we, we really need this service and we don't need just this much we need a lot more than we already have so yeah, i don't absolutely. want to use the phrase yeah. blessing in disguise but in some ways it was 
Yeah, absolutely. I I think the the pandemic exacerbated the the need only only because you know suddenly you know the the entire world I would say um, was really shut down, and so really there was tremendous isolation for a lot of individuals um, where you know they they were unable to connect and socialize or find find supports that that were able to help you know, balance, you know, their, their mental state. And, and through, I would say the next, you know, 12 months to 16 months, um, the, the pandemic and I guess the quote unquote rules of, of so, you know, socialization um, really uh, created um, this, this never ending um, period of time for some where they've really started to lose some hope. Um, and through that really started to, le- to lead to some, some real crisis and, um, and, and also the, the increase in substance use, you know, so alcohol sales um, were up almost 50 to 60% during the first, first year of the pandemic and illicit uh, drug use was also um, increasing. And we, we started to see, um, you know, sadly, we, the opiate crisis um, that we we had that was um, was highlighted almost every day and the media kind of took a, a backseat, if you will, um, to the pandemic. But the numbers of, of overdose um, or overdose deaths increased dramatically during that period of time. And so um, through that, um, you know, our investing group and Health Partners New England immediately recognized um, the, the, and seeing these trends, um, and, and hence took on in my, you know, I, in some of my notes in the, at the event last, uh, last week, we talked or a couple weeks ago, we talked about, you know, the, the heroic, uh, nature of launching a behavioral health hospital in the middle of a pandemic and a staff shortage, um, to help address, um, some of these needs that, uh, right here in the local community. Okay, you're listening to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local and sponsored by People's Bank. We're talking with Mark Paglia. He's the Chief Operating Officer at Mayor Vista Behavioral Health. So we've been talking about the uh, pandemic. Uh, now, I think even the president has talked about the pandemic being over, but I can just imagine that the behavioral health issues that, that started during the pandemic are still with us. And those needs have only escalated. Uh, can you just talk about uh, where we are in terms of the services that we can provide in this region and maybe the gap that still exists between what's needed and what we are available to offer? Yeah, so I, I think here at Miravista, we're offering um, both inpatient psychiatric care and then also a full continuum of substance use disorder treatment. Um, when we look at the the mental health side, if, if you will, the inpatient psychiatric treatment. Um, we are in the midst of launching new units, new new beds um, as we move. And so, from a state perspective, you know, currently there's over 500 individuals that are waiting for an inpatient psychiatric bed. And right now, you know, we get a we get a quick update of the number of available beds statewide from a inpatient psychiatric uh, perspective. And and right now, 
it's approximately 50 beds of, that are currently available. And so as we start to think about capacity, even with us uh, here at Mira Vista, and, and we're, we're anticipating launching another um, 48 beds here, we, we, that, we will not um, have, a, have a big impact on the overall picture from a statewide perspective. Um, and, you know, in addition to that, you know, the, um, the substance use disorder or dual diagnosed individuals who um, are suffering from the disease of addiction um, are here at, uh, at Mira Vista, our call volume is incredibly high. And, and right now, even though we have a full 30 bed detoxification unit and we have a soon to be a 27 bed, um, you know, substance use, um, residential and outpatient services, we still are anticipating that we <clears throat> will not be able to meet the volume of needs within the community. Um, and so as we, as we look um, to the future, you know, here in Western Mass and the state, we still have, um, there will still be a large need for behavioral health needs and, um, you know, Maravis's position to, to continue to advocate uh, for additional support resources, even at, even at the legislative level. Go back to the, the opioid crisis. You're absolutely right. The, uh, crisis was, was front page news for a long time. It was getting the requisite attention that it deserved. And then the pandemic hit and the crisis just went off the front pages. It went off all the pages for the most part. And that crisis is still with us. Uh, talk about the numbers and, and talk about efforts to, to stem the tide of, of overdose deaths and what this, this crisis has, has done to society. So, so you know the the numbers. You know, we, I've seen the increase of fifteen to twenty percent of overdose um, deaths. But it, I, I think behind the numbers are individuals and in the lives uh, uh, that they impact and families that they impact. And so, um, you know, the uh, one life that we lose to to uh, an opiate overdose is, in my mind, one too many. And so we have. Um, large number of, of uh, individuals who, um, you know, are, are suffering from even the stigma of, of treatment. Um, and for us, it's, you know, it's a, a medical diagnosis, just like any other. And, you know, we are here to treat those that are suffering from a disease. And so um, here at Maravista, you know, we have uh, over uh, 550 individuals who receive opiate treatment. Um, and that really translates to, you know, over 200,000 individual encounters um, with, with the individuals for both a, a dosing perspective and a clinical hour uh, or <clears throat> over the last year. And so if you think about, think about that, um, we, you know, we, we here are, um, Try not to get caught up so much in the in the large numbers, but really try to bring it back down to to an individual and an individual life and the and the family network um, that these individuals have a, have attached to them and and begin to start to really think about how we can help this one individual or their family and and their treatment. Mm -hmm. 
Can you talk a little bit about uh, the, the services that are provided and how these work and, and how people can connect with the services there? Yeah, so here at Maravista, we have um, we have a wide range of, of services at different levels. I, I think from an individual's perspective, we have the ability, you know, we have a, um, a phone number that, you know, I can pull up right now for, for folks. We also have a website, maravistabhc.care. Um, and we are able to in, meet with any individual and, and, and really, this is a technical term, we can assess with them a level of treatment that fits their needs in this moment in time. And it also, um, we're also able to recognize and understand the family needs that they may have as well. So, you know, right now we're able to uh, provide uh, medical detoxification. We're also able to provide those with dual diagnosed mental health needs as well. So um, we can provide mental health medications along with a, a, a substance detoxification. We have a residential care here. Uh, we have outpatient services where we have, we can do individual uh, treatment. We also have what we call an uh, intensive outpatient program or an IOP group that meets three and a half hours a day, uh, which is sometimes called a partial. Um, we also provide court ordered uh, substance use evaluations. And we also provide court ordered um, Massachusetts impaired driving, those that are caught drinking and driving are under the influence and are mandated to um, receive treatment for, for a group for 16, 17 weeks. And then we also provide treatment for those who may have been caught, I guess, uh, twice uh, from being under the influence in the second offender aftercare group. Um, and along with um, opiate uh, treatment, whether it's methadone, uh, Vivitrol, Suboxone, um, as well. Okay. In the time that we have left, just uh, kind of give me a brief snapshot of what's in the business plan and where Miravista looks to be in maybe a year or two or three. So in a year's time, uh, our vision to be fully operational from an inpatient uh, side of the house, meaning we're looking to have 84 inpatient psychiatric beds um, 12 of them being inpatient uh, child psychiatric beds, 16 adolescent uh, psychiatric beds, and the rest adult, uh, with, with one unit being a duly diagnosed unit. Um, in the outpatient, or excuse me, on the uh, substance use disorder side, having a full detoxification unit, a clinical stabilization unit, and then really expanding our outpatient services, uh, including methadone. Uh, we have interest in uh, expanding uh, uh, and, and looking for partners uh, who are willing to work with us to provide um, you know, opiate treatment in certain areas within um, the state of Massachusetts that we would label hotspots or, or geographic areas that where there is a um, high number of overdoses. Um, as, and so we can you know, join forces, if you will, to to help uh, meet that need in that community. Okay. Well, continue. Good luck to you. Uh, like you said, it, uh, kind of opening a new behavioral health hospital under extreme circumstances. Uh, you've done a great job of doing that. And like I said, continue. Good luck to you. And 
thank you for being here today. Thank you, George. Thank you, Business West. Appreciate it. Okay. All right. Thank you again. And thank you to all of you for joining in. This has been another episode of Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local and sponsored by People's Bank. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West. We'll see you next time.